What did you eat for breakfast? Some honey and a little bread, some bread. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 83. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. Joining me for a chat about the music industry is Eleftheria Kalampali, or Rhea to her friends, manager of Poem and owner of One Woman Company, a PR and management organization that works with a roster of bands, including Hypnotic Nausea and Ayan, who we heard from in previous episodes, along with a number of others. We discuss the benefits of record deals in the wake of the DIY revolution, various business-related considerations that bands need to think about, and what the future possibly holds for live gigs and festivals post-COVID. Rhea also shares how and why she started the company, along with her background, some stories from the road, and why she wouldn't consider running her own record label. You'll notice that the audio quality changes here and there throughout. During the recording, we ended up having some technical difficulties, so Rhea was kind enough to re-record some parts that I couldn't use in order to finish the episode. For those of you listening in the future, the week before this episode was published, we lost Eddie Van Halen. The outpouring of love for both Eddie himself and of course everything he gave to the guitar community and music at large is a testament to how important he was. I saw Van Halen on the Different Kind of Truth tour back in 2012 and was blown away by Eddie's playing, of course, and at first, as any guitar nerd, my eyes were glued to his hands and fingers. As the show went on, though, I couldn't help but sing at the top of my lungs to all those amazing songs that are why Van Halen is so great. The other thing, of course, that made the night memorable was David Lee Roth stopping the show and yelling into the crowd because a couple of what turned out to be biker chicks were fighting behind us. I'll put the video up on the show notes page. In the past, I've pondered why we are so affected by the loss of people we don't know on a personal level, at least on the face of it. The reality is that because music is such a personal manifestation, we do in fact know the creators of the art we resonate with extremely well on some level. This is why music is the most universal language we have and unifies us in a way nothing else has the power to do and leaves a legacy ensuring those that create art will live forever. Thoughts go out to Eddie's family and those that were close to him. Rest in peace, Eddie, and thank you for everything. 
Here is my interview with Rhea. All right. So welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am joined by Eleftheria Kelampali, uh, also known as Rhea, um, from One Woman Company. And she's also the manager of uh, Poem that you heard back in episode 38. So how are you doing? Hello. How are you? It's uh, great to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, so you're, you're, you're the, the general manager of Poem, and you also work with uh, Aeon and Hypnotic Nausea that we saw, we, we met in se uh, episode 72 and episode 47. Um, so yeah, let's, let's just dig in. What, what is One Woman Company? Uh, everything started around uh, 2013 through my association with Poem. Um, and um, at uh, some point, I decided to make it official, so uh, that brought us to 2018, uh, when a one-woman company was actually formed. Typically, a one-woman company is um, a social cooperative enterprise with uh, various professional fields, such as music instruments and uh, vocal lessons, uh, music productions, uh, graphic designs, and, uh, and, and many more. Uh, and actually, we are a few people that uh, we work uh, on its uh, field. My part is uh, the promotion and the management uh, of bands and uh, artists. Excellent. Um, so is it just poem that you're the manager and the re and you're doing like PR for the rest or are you managing multiple bands? I work with uh, a number of bands. Uh, however, my role for a poem is a little bit different since I'm not only their manager, but I'm actually their administrator. That means that uh, I'm responsible for uh, their social media presence. Um, if someone sends an email, I'm the one who answers it. And uh, generally, I don't know, I'm, I'm their slave or something. <laughs> well, except for a poem, I have uh, other bands as well that belongs uh, that belong in my in my roster. However, uh, despite this, uh, I also work on uh, on one-off type of projects. Like uh, if someone has a specific uh, need for a promo, approaches me, we work on it, and uh, after the end of it, there is no uh, obligation uh, for me or for him. And, no other obligation, I mean. That's awesome. So what other bands do you work with so people can check them out? Uh, well, I work with uh, a progressive rock uh, band with uh, the name Groove Therapist. Uh, also uh, with a heavy rock uh, metal uh, band with the name Pulse R. Of course, AN and Diplotignosia that you already know and Poem, of course. And um, with uh, an alternative metal band with the name uh, Devil Men. David made me do it. Uh, also, I work with uh, an, an amazing progressive metal band uh, with the name Mask of Prospero. And I have a solo artist uh, with the name Marius Politis. Uh, actually, um, I decide not to um, take uh, many artists and bands uh, because uh, I want to be uh, clear that uh, I, will be, I, I, I will be having the time to work uh, with quality uh, for each one of them. Um, I think that um, you will have the opportunity to talk with uh, each one of them during the following months, since everyone is going to have a new album uh, released. 
and uh, I believe that uh, you'll have the opportunity to, you know, meet them sh- through your uh, podcast uh, as well. Okay. Yeah, you'll have to send me a list so I can check them all out. That's that's my li- that's my listening list for the next week. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So you you um you started working with Poem in two thousand fourteen. Um. Ha- how did you meet the band? Like, how did you get connected? In uh, 2013, I, I started a relationship with uh, Stavros. Uh, and we're, we're still together, actually, because uh, we got married last year. He's my husband now. Oh, congratulations. And, um, well, he told me that uh, he was uh, the, drummer of, the drummer of Poem. Uh, of course, a new poem, since um, in Greece uh, they are a well-known band regarding the progressive metal scene. They are not uh, a big band like uh, Rotten Christ, but uh, they are pretty well-known. Uh, all these uh, things happened um, at uh, the be- almost at uh, the beginning of uh, the Greek uh, financial crisis, uh, and I had I had just lost my you know morning office uh, job, so I had a lot of uh, free time to kill. So I asked the guys to allow me to do some work for them, since uh, they were actually pretty uh, bad in organizing stuff. They didn't have a clear goal, and um, I asked them to allow me to organize things for them. And, uh, you know, to, to do some work for them generally. They said yes. And the one thing uh, led to the other. And, uh, that uh, brought us uh, here today. Right. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So you, you were able to turn a, you know, a, a, a kind of a negative situation and turn it around and create a whole company out of it. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's let's go back because I, I know you've uh, were you doing uh, accounting for a firm or you've you've done economics teaching and stuff like that. So what's what's your background? Uh, well, I have a bachelor's degree in uh, economics and um, I have been working in various uh, companies uh, for many years, mostly at uh, the finance and more specific at uh, their credit control uh, departments. Uh, I'm also a dance teacher for uh, many years and um, also I teach uh, economics to high school students uh, for uh, their university entrance uh, exams. Awesome. And you also have, uh, is it true you also have a a line of jewelry called Fallen Abyss? Oh yeah, that's fine. That's a good thing. I mean, yeah, this started around uh, um, around the the period, uh, the same period with Poem, uh, 2013. Uh, where I was trying to find ways to have some money, you know, because I was unemployed. So I started making, uh, you know, jewelry. And uh, actually, that was the first thing I asked Poem. I mean, I said, guys, do you want me to make some jewelries for uh, the band? And they said, yeah, okay, why not? And and, I mean, they they liked them and uh, we started selling them. And... um, then after that, I asked them to join the band uh, in order to organize things. That's cool. In in managing Poem, um, it seems like Poem and actually the other two bands I've spoken to um, are still kind of uh, are kind of still looking for that um, record deal and and being more traditional than the new DIY model 
Um, so do you think that's a, a factor of the European metal scene being still geared towards the label deal? Or um, is it is it kind of the bands you're working with are, are in that mindset? Uh, not all bands have the same goals and needs. Most of the bands that approach me aren't able to handle the difficulties and uh, do the sacrifices that a record label uh, deal and what comes what comes with it needs. Artists and bands want to be rock stars. Everybody wants to be rock stars. But uh, when it comes to decision-making, most of them realized that they can't handle it financially or mentally or whatever. A record label deal probably will bring tours, fest and opportunities that uh, the band must, gr- must grab. Otherwise, they actually don't need a record deal. For uh, a newcomer or uh, an unknown band, opportunities might come after uh, hard work and uh, luck. But no one can guarantee that uh, the band will get paid or even just not lose money, especially at the beginning. It's like someone wants uh, to open a store that uh, sells t-shirts, but uh, at first they must uh, put some uh, money in it to invest. It's exactly the same thing uh, with bands. It's necessary to invest in order to build, to build an audience. I have bands that uh, need to do their next step and might be needing a good uh, record deal. But I also have bands that um, they actually don't need it. Don't need, not need a, a, a deal like uh, that one. Because um, they are uh, happy with uh, playing uh, smaller gigs inside the country. Um, they want to create uh, their music and just share it inside the country. But uh, in my opinion, uh, bands need to have options. And um, they need to stay open to these options. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so let's look at poem then. So, so would a record deal enable like I? So what I see in the European market um, is that the the metal labels have kind of evolved um, from this. The label owns the band, um, whereas now it's more of a partnership. And it seems to me that the metal labels have kind of evolved where they're utilizing streaming and they're utilizing social media as more of a service to the band. And so they're like a a partnership. Does that, is that kind of, uh, am I on the right track there? Still, it depends on uh, the label and uh, on uh, the deal. It depends on uh, what the band wants and needs. Uh, for example, if uh, the label wants, uh, I'm sorry, if the label offers a deal that uh, it's not uh, uh, beneficial for uh, the band, the band is not uh, obliged to accept it. However, if uh, the, the record label uh, can offer, I don't know, a bigger and uh, better tours, uh, better slots um, on fests and better gigs. And these gigs uh, can bring audience to the band. Uh, maybe the band needs to need to make a step back, think about what is going to win and what is going to lose, and maybe do a small sacrifice if. This sacrifice uh, is able to bring bit bigger and better things uh, in uh, the future for the band. Are you, are you, so, are you talking about sacrificing the publishing rights, or just 
the publisher rights. Yeah. So, I mean, do, do you think, so, I mean, uh, the over here with the DIY scene is, is I think much larger. Um, the, the, one of the biggest things that they, they, that everyone says is don't sign over your rights because obviously perpetually, if you're, if you're earning money, um, on streaming, you know, from now until forever, all that money is going to the label now. Um, I mean, do you think in this day and age, uh, giving up rights to, to music is really um, something you should do? No, really no. Uh, the artists shouldn't owe anything to anyone. It's uh, their time, their effort and uh, their inspiration after all. Of course, that's uh, the romantic way for someone to see it. But uh, when they have to do the job, maybe they must, uh, they should keep an open uh, mind to keep that too in their minds. I mean, it uh, always depends on the deal, right? I'm not saying yes and I'm not saying no. I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm definitely not romantic at all, uh, you know, but I'm sorry, I'm not romantic. <laughs> okay. So you basically, you, you that's fine. So basically you, you, you want to keep, the uh the idea open for a, like a bargaining chip almost like so if it's if it's like one album or like 50 percent of an album's rights then you think that's a possible thing it depends on uh, the deal really if uh, for example a record deal offers a good two packets or good money deal on gigs yeah why not take it I mean, the bands pay a huge amount of money in order to get on tour, especially with bigger bands, and uh, they truly bleed. But touring is uh, so important for the job. It's so absolutely necessary, but it's very expensive. Consider a Greek band that needs to pay, let's say, 20,000 euros for touring a month, when uh, the average uh, monthly wage is uh, 55 euros. It's a lot of money, so the bands need to tour. That's uh, absolutely necessary. If they want to have a better chance in the industry, they need to tour. Because, Simon, let's uh, face it, it's just an industry after all. And it's a hard one as well. So if a label can offer bigger opportunities and better things, why say no? Do you, do you think that um, musicians that don't have the experience in the actual business have more of a um, an expectation that or, or maybe a, not an expectation but um, that they, they have an entitled attitude almost that if we if we work hard on our music then we're, we're automatically going to be big but they don't put any thought into the business side of it would you think that's a fair statement yeah 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 sure sure but uh, when, uh, in order to understand, if if the band want, a band wants to see how things work, I mean, for me, uh, the band needs to to hit the road, you know, to to tour. Yeah, needs to tour. I mean, uh, stop talking. Your your music is good. All right, that's why we are having a, this conversation. Uh, however, you need to play gigs if you uh, if you want it. If you say if you say that you really want to do something bigger, you know, 
uh, when the band when when a band uh, start touring, in my opinion, and especially with bigger uh, bands and uh, well-known bands and most ex most um, uh, experienced and and all. At that point, they are they they you know they understand they realize uh, what's what's uh, is going on with um, the industry because uh, they know. They, they they see it in front of them. I mean, they they don't have, they don't if they're on a tour and they have to play and they they have to carry the gear and they have to be on time and they have to do so many you know things that are necessary in order to have a good uh, you know performance. And this is every day, every day. It costs a lot. And uh, when when the when a band is uh, is uh, you know lucky. To tour with a with another band that it, that the um, uh, that the, the the other guys are really good and cool guys. That's okay. When the other guys are not cool, and uh, uh, it, I mean, you know, get out there and see how things work work. For sure, and you touched upon a really good point there. You, you know, relationship building is is extremely important, and just not being a dick. Because that won't get you anywhere. So, um, I mean, would there would you ever consider setting up your own record label? No, that's not <laughs> I don't for know. me. Not for <laughs> no. you. No, no, not for me. I have, uh, I have, I have people that uh, can do the job very well, and I, I, I want to meet new people and bigger labels as well. But no, no, not mine. Too much. That's too much. So, um, I mean, obviously we're still going through um, the lockdown and COVID. I mean, I think it's, is it the situation better there? No. No, hasn't really. No. It's terrible here. Yeah, um, here, here too. What, what have you done um, while, while, obviously you mentioned before that bands have been really creative and they've had time to write and record. Um, you know, what other things have you seen that are a positive outcome? Uh, positive? Yeah, all right. Uh, let me think. I read every day new articles about new ideas of how we could uh, possibly have safe gigs and fest with uh, keeping all the distances and uh, everything. But uh, I really don't know how uh, something like that uh, will actually work. Uh, I don't like it. I mean, how this could be done? Also, we we need this vibe, this amazing, huge metal vibe. We don't want to lose that. Anyway, I really can't think of something positive at uh, the moment. I, I read some, somewhere that um, uh, we will be able to discuss about fests as we knew them, not before the summer of uh, 2022. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. It is what it is. We have to deal with it and uh, adapt. Absolutely. What do you think the, uh, I mean, do, do you have any predictions of what the scene's going to, you know, mu the music industry is going to look like for, as far as live shows? Um, well, as I told before, people are trying to find ways to make things work. It is uh, hard for everyone, even for uh, smaller venues. If uh, a 200 people venue can now accept 70, right, I don't know right. who's going to get paid first. Me, the venue, the light guy, the band. Right. <laughs> I mean, 
It, tickets it's, are going to go really up. It's hard. hard. We must uh, think of uh, new ways of uh, adapt and adapt. All right. Um, so I'd like to uh, ask my uh, non-quickfire round questions. Um, what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did it teach you? Well, uh, I'm going to tell you about uh, this one time that I was on a tour with uh, the guys from Poem and uh, with, uh, uh, um, with, uh, with Poem, a Romanian uh, progressive metal band that uh, it's called the White Walls. They're really good. You have to check them. Uh, they have a new album as well. And um, some uh, Australian guys, uh, Damnation Days, that were, that this band is really good as well. And we were touring around Europe. So we were in, um, in Germany. And our German guy uh, driver uh, just uh, parked uh, the tour bus, which is what the 50, 15 meters tour bus with a seven meters trailer. And uh, yeah, and he left uh, for uh, his village because he was, um, his village was uh, about two hours with the train from uh, the city that we were having the gig. So he parked the tour bus and left. Uh, and um, Later that night, just during the the gig, the promoter asked me to move the tour bus from where it was uh, in order because uh, he, he didn't want it to be there. Um, and I told him that uh, this can't be done because our driver left, and the, I mean the promoter and the driver knew that uh, the, the driver would leave. So. They had they, they had to you know to discuss about that option. I mean, it was uh, really important <laughs> because they he they were keep asking me to drive the the tour bus myself. <laughs> me, you're right, uh, and because they were you know they want they didn't want it to, to be there, and I was like, yeah, I can do many things, but I'm not driving a tour bus, guys. No, absolutely not. Okay, uh, that was really funny, but now. But uh, at that moment, it was really, I was uh, so frustrated and so anxious. And uh, actually, I, I, I made a couple of mistakes uh, regarding the show. I mean, regarding the show that night. And I don't want to relive that again. <laughs> you know, uh, I just, well, what that, what did uh, that uh, teach me? All right to not to trust not trust people uh, at all times to be more you know strict and um, actually uh, to for not 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 for anyone to, to just be uh, focused on the job this is what I have to do I mean this is not what I have to I had to do that night um, Anyway, that was a good lesson, mm. and uh, I won't do it again. <laughs> right, or or you can you know go go to uh, learn to drive a bus. Oh yeah, no, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't do that either. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this journey? I like very much uh, to see things uh, happen. That's uh, the best part of uh, the job. 
even if I have worked for a month, seeing things done excites me and gives me a great boost to keep going. Uh, however, if I have to describe a good experience, I think that I'll stick to this tour that I mentioned before because it was, um, of course, it was a hard tour. But um, I just uh, have a, I, I only have positive memories because when something is really hard, it teaches you so many things. Mm-hmm. For sure. So uh, the big question is, what does music mean to you? Oh, I can't live without music and dance, to be honest. Uh, but uh, you know, it, I'm. Uh, I'm 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 a, a per, I'm a, I'm an artist without being an artist you know I'm not uh, creating music but uh, it was always my dream to to work uh, for the music so uh, I have a manage not the big big uh, schedule of course but you know this is what it is uh, to to work for the music uh, I, I don't want to say for the industry because, uh, you know, that's my dream and I don't want to, you know, just to, to think of it like an industry. It is, but I don't want to think of it like it's always like that. But uh, uh, this this is what I want to do. If, I, if, if someone would ask me uh, when I was younger, what's my dream? That would be my dream. Mm. Awesome. Well, that, I think that's... Uh definitely uh means that you're you're, you're being successful uh no <laughs> i no? look i'm trying it's not that uh, it's not uh, that um i all circumstances low like a pandemic and the, the coronavirus and helps <laughs> mm. however i'm really positive i i, I stay positive <clears throat> no uh even 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 for for the future okay now we have the pandemic and everything okay this shall pass as well mm-hmm. okay we will see how it's going to work i mean we will adapt absolutely where can people find out about uh, one woman company and and your roster of artists at the moment People uh, can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a website, um, which is uh, www.onewomancompany.gr, but uh, it's under construction, so it's not ready yet. Awesome. Yeah, and as soon as that's uh, as soon as that website's up, I'll uh, link it in the show notes. Oh, great! Thank you. So, Thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, one more uh, thing that I'd like to add is that uh, we have uh, created something that I call uh, Artists in the Spotlight. And uh, through it, uh, we are going to share with uh, the artist community and uh, the bands important uh, information about uh, the industry, such as uh, general news, uh, social media, uh, music business tips, Spotify and YouTube lists, um, interesting people, interesting uh, applications, and so on. Uh, generally, we have so so many things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, I think maybe you maybe you should set up a podcast. Oh no, <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, and lastly, what um, 
what what song would you like to play at the end of the episode? Uh, one year ago, uh, one uh, friend of ours died. Uh, his name uh, was Makis, and uh, he was the keyboardist of uh, Mother of Millions band. So, if you want to play his song uh, in, or, in order uh, to honor his memory, uh, the, 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 the song is uh, Nima. It's, it's uh, you know, just him uh, playing uh, the song on his uh, piano and uh, his keyboard. So, I'm, I'm, I think that you will like it and it's a good way to honor his memory. I would be very glad if we, you could do that. Okay. Yeah, we'll absolutely play that. Thank you. Um, so this is this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, really. Uh, thank you. Really uh, welcome your insight into the industry, and you know, been great talking to you. So thank you so much, and continued success. Thank you so much for uh, asking me to do this conversation with you. Thanks as always for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, then I'd be extremely grateful if you would. I have added a page on musiconyourownterms.com to allow you to do just that. On that page, I have added some eBay affiliate links to equipment I use on the podcast. If you buy anything from eBay with these links, then I earn a commission which really helps me continue to provide this great content to you, the listener. Stay up to date with the podcast and find out who I'll be interviewing in upcoming episodes before they air by signing up for the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. On the site, you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests, and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. As Rhea said, Marcus of Mother of Millions died a year ago. I really love the band's music, and I like to think that through listening to Marcus's playing, I get to know him a little bit despite never being able to meet him. Keep pushing the needle be excellent to each other. This is Makis Sam Kosoglo of Mother of Millions with Nima.